Okay, so it's Monday, October 19th. It's 11.45 a.m. And I'm supposed to be in school, but I am not. And let me tell you why that is. So, basically, you know, whole pandemic and everything. Um, we're supposed to be moving to Plan B, which is going to school twice a week. And you go to school depending on the, like, last name. So I think it's, like, A through L and K through Z. That's how it works. And I'm supposed to be going today. Um, and if you wanted to stay at home, because you get the option of moving to Plan B or staying in Plan C. Plan C is fully online. Plan B is two days a week, and then the rest is online. And... I've decided to stay, except we were supposed to fill out a form on the school website. It's like this Google Doc. If we were going to, going to go to Plan B or stay at Plan C. And I was going to decide to stay at Plan C, but I didn't fill the form out in time. And so I had to call the school. But I didn't do that either because I was like putting it back and, oh, I'll do it another day. And... It, I'll do it another day and I just kept saying that and now it is the day to go back to school and I still haven't done it yet and my band teacher just emailed me and told me yeah you're like supposed to be going to school tomorrow because like he gave us this quiz or whatever quiz with quotation marks it's not like an actual quiz quiz like he's not testing us or anything on anything but he just wanted to know what time are we going in depending if we're going to actually go to face-to-face -to -face classes or um, virtually. And so he sent me an email. He was like, you're not on the list to like stay home or whatever. And I was like, yeah, well, I, I made up a lie. I told him that it's because I, cause we had to, there was two forms. We filled out one at the beginning when they, when we were supposed to go to school just one day out of the week. But then so many people decided to stay home that our principal changed it to two days out of the week. So um, he made a second form for that and made us fill out, made it, made us fill us out, fill it out again. <laughs> and so I only filled out that first form. And so I just told him, oh, well, I filled out the first form that he sent out and um, I didn't know there was a second form and like no one told me that even though I was told that multiple times I was just too lazy and I just told them that and I wish I was just caught up in the confusion and I'll call the school Monday and let them know that and he was like okay and he sent me this like long email reply of like things to consider and it was like that I'll get better education if I go face to face and I'll, just like a list of reasons like um he um, like, the schools are, aren't super spreaders, and, um, he wanted me to help other people in my class, and, um, and just a list of reasons to stay and go to face-to-face -face classes, and so my reply to him was just, no, I'm not gonna go to face-to-face -to -face classes, because the school's 15 minutes away, I have to drive myself 15 minutes, that's money I'm spending on gas, and then apart from that, I have to park at the 
school and it would be fine if it was free but it's not they're still making us pay a full year of school parking so um it's money i'm wasting on gas and money i'm wasting on school parking that i'll only be using two days out of the week and um i can't even take the bus because i'm out of the school's zone school bus zone so i personally have to drive myself and my parents are like pretty old and they're diabetic so they're at a high risk if they do get the virus and I think oh I also said that it wouldn't benefit me going face-to-face classes because this is concert band so it's a freshman class at least in our school it is it's a freshman class for band kids and I'm playing the clarinet yeah it's like my first time actually playing the clarinet in a band class but I can do everything that he's asked us to do without like any hesitation um so there's no really need for me to like try or like try really hard I guess and I also said if he really wanted me to help other students he could have emailed me and we could have started I could have started helping them a long time ago instead of um him telling me that now also I would have preferred if he asked me like through email so like I would you know actually like he would give me like time to like decide I guess and just like that's like a nice thing to do you don't just ask someone for something and just expect them to say yes because you're asking them face to face which is what I'm thinking he was planning to do which is probably right anyways I sent him that and I was thinking of just going to school like today virtually because so the first so the way it works is like that a group goes to school the group whoever day it is so people with the last name from a through l um would go to school today and the rest of the other group and people who decided to stay home would go on microsoft teams at a certain time and that's how school would go so the way that it was explained is that the people who went face to face would have extra time with teachers apart from the people who decide to stay home so if you went face to face you get like the first I think it's like 15 minutes or like 30 minutes with the teacher and then the teacher starts the Microsoft meeting and gets everyone else in and that's how it would work um and I was thinking of doing like logging on and online but I didn't want to get asked by my teachers why I wasn't there and I and so I just didn't show up and yeah that counts as a a what is it called when you don't show up to school um an absence but either way it's going to count as an absence because I'm supposed to go face to face today so even if I do go online I'm going to still be counted as absent so I'm going to just watch the videos when they're done teaching so that way I really don't miss anything from school today. And then that's what's been happening with school. Um, okay. 
what else? Um, I'm pretty sure the holes in my wisdom teeth are, like, healing up. Because I can, like, chew food a lot better. But it's this weird sensation when the skin touches the food. And... Yeah, um, I've been preparing for Halloween, also Day of the Dead, I started setting those things up, and, yeah, again, I'm recording in my room again, because I didn't want to go out in the car, because if I do, because it's really cold outside right now, and I would have to turn on the AC, and then you would still be able to hear the AC, yeah, this sound isn't good, but I don't think the car sound would have been, it would have been an improvement, but I also don't want to sit in a cold car and wait for it to heat up again, um, Today, I went to drop off my nephew at school because he had face-to-face as well. Um, and there's this cross-guard lady there, and I was going to go drop him off and all that stuff. But, like, she stopped me because she was, like, in the road. And then she was like, you can't do that. You have to, like, go completely, like, around. not Like, not around the school, but, like, around the the block the block area around the school so not around the school but around around the school if you get what I mean (laughs) to like drop him off if you want to do that and I was like okay like in my mind I was like that's stupid you could easily just let me go here like there's no cars coming through and this is a road for cars but I guess um so he got off there in like the middle of the road and then I didn't even get to get in the road completely because she like stopped me so I was like on the sidewalk the like edge of the sidewalk like the corner of the sidewalk um and I was just in a weird position and so like the end of my car was blocking the right lane of the road so like because there's only two lanes there's and they both go in opposite directions so I was blocking a lane taking up the corner of the street and then the front of my car was taking up the right lane from the other street that I was turning into so it was an awkward position of where my car was so anyways um yeah and she just explained to me you can't go around the school you have to go around around the school and all that stuff and yeah anyways I've kind of just been here writing and stuff and have been basically doing nothing also I had this like okay so I thought I got over all my crushes and I know I didn't message my last one but still because I didn't want to do it because I'm scared I'm scared anyways I thought I got over it but then I had a dream And then he was there, and then he was, like, standing next to me. Anyways, it was weird, because in the dream, we were, like, in this, like, casino area or something. I was with my friends. He was just standing next to me. I was, like, on this stool, just, like, playing. Like, that was the seat that everyone was using. And, um, I don't know. I guess he was just kind of, like, supporting me. And then he, like, kissed my head, like, warmly kissed my head. And that was, like, um, unexpected, I guess. But it felt nice. It gave me a warm feeling. And then I just woke up. And then like. All these feelings I thought were gone. Were still there. And. Yeah. So now. Kind of back at square one. Just. Such a simp. (laughs)
So, let's start at the beginning. I keep saying so and like and all these other things, but I'm just like, just get it started with, but I kind of don't want to. That reminds me, I've also been trying to do a cartwheel, but it sucks. Like, yesterday I tried doing one, and it was just really badly, and, and then I, like, pulled a muscle or something. It's like I'm getting old, but ugh, I'm only 17. Anyways, so, basically, wait, also, this gives, this gives, like, really good insight to, like, how, I guess, about me. Anyway, let, let's just get on, and I'm gonna stop rambling and getting off topic. Anyways. So, basically, I grew up and, you know, with uh, Mexican parents and all that stuff and them having, me being first generation and having to go through all of that, kind of this, they pass on this kind of like, their trauma onto us and it's kind of like the thing where it's like generational trauma Um, and they pass on all their fears and all they project so much of themselves onto us and so like when I was young and all that stuff and growing up um my mom and then um mainly my mom because my dad wasn't really there but she would always be working and I'll get to that later um so basically I kind of grew up with my mom always telling me and my sister my the youngest out of the three sisters because we both grew up together because we're both from the same dad so I grew up with my mom always telling me that the world is like a really mean place and like cruel and so we had that thing and she like led us to believe in strength and to believe I guess like in our own strength but not in the way she wanted it to because she hadn't dealt with her trauma and had it resulted and grown from that so it was a bad space I guess that we were in like mentally so yeah we were just taught from a young age that the world is a mean cruel bad place so I, like, grew up to believe in what she taught us in strength and vulnerability. And that vulnerability is the thing that impeded strength. So, yeah. (laughs) She wanted us to prepare. She wanted to prepare us for the kind of pain that she went through. And I guess even to this day, she kind of like wants us to be strong and she won't really apologize for making us like this. And okay, so what I said about being, I guess, like, Mexican and growing up with, like, her trauma and all that stuff, she projected a lot of it onto us. She projected her ambitions to go to college, to study, learn English, to vote, and all these things 
and get a house and do all this stuff like live the American dreams those were her ambitions she set out for us and she also put in us her insecurities insecurities like that we were going to get hurt by other people and hurt by things and events and just any kind of pain she was scared of letting us do anything and that's why she was so over like protective of us and she didn't want to repeat the same mistakes with my other siblings by kind of like being absent for them so she was there but she didn't know how to truly be there because she never really I guess raised those three kids entirely and she didn't raise these two either so it without meaning to do so she kind of warped my perception of love without she tried her best I guess but her best was like it had obstacles she couldn't do it because of what she'd been through so it's I guess like not about her I should start focusing on me more um so yeah she warped our self-perception without like trying to do so she didn't it so um not just the perception of ourselves but the profession the perception of vulnerability and love um so much so that I would like deny it when I would say I love something I would kind of just say it anytime I needed to like be kept safe or a time that I could easily use it to manipulate it to be safe so I would as a kid I would like playing with toys like any kinds of toys it doesn't matter if they were like big trucks or dollhouses or anything it was fun for me and um, when I did that, I guess, like, the opposite of what you're expected to do, which is, like, be, like, a boy or whatever, and you're playing with, like, dollhouses and all these things, um, and when people question you and put you in a state of, like, self-defense, like, they put you in, like, a self-defense mode or something, like, you feel like they're attacking you or questioning you. And seeing you as weird, because that's what they do. And that's what they're fearful of. And so I would say, oh no, I like love this car so much. And like, I did like, I did like that car, but I didn't really like love it as much as I made it out to be. I kind of just used and said things to manipulate myself from being hurt by anyone or like buy them 
and or when um sometimes my mom would just like ask me if like I loved her or whatever and like yeah she made me feel bad but I kind of just said it because I knew that's what she needed but that's not what I felt and I also kind of like I guess focused on my feelings of abandonment from my dad and my sister um and yeah they're still physically here and the thing about my dad I guess the thought of my dad was just that he was present in our lives but only for like the good parts and he left when bad things started to happen and I guess part of that is that he was scared that he was might do the same thing as his dad and make those same mistakes and he was so scared of hurting us that he left and he only I guess really communicated and talked to us when good things were going on because I guess he thought if we if he came back and did all those things when good things were going on we would associate good things with him and love him even more and he would be even more of a good dad and all this other stuff but it really didn't work out in his favor it just felt bad because I don't know because it just I guess it felt bad that he left and I felt like I did something or I felt like I wasn't enough or like he left for something better or he didn't like me when I was sad or when I was mad and same thing kind of applies to my sister she would kind of like leave me to go off with like my other cousins and all those people and like older cousins and even though we got along so well somehow when it was always someone else like a cousin or like a new friend or something she would choose them over me she would choose the few seconds she shared with them over the years we passed we spent together and it just I just felt bad because I felt bad <laughs> they like left me and that's kind of like where the feelings of abandonment come from and I was also like I guess thought of love as like finite like my mom said she had unlimited love for all of her siblings and she had no favorites of anyone and she just like loved and she was just like a good person and all that stuff or whatever and her love isn't finite but time and time again she proved herself wrong when she had a favorite sibling or a favorite cousin or a favorite friend and each time that kind of just like felt bad because I like saw those things she said she had unlimited love but she's not showing unlimited love and so I guess I just started to begin and think that she had a favorite like um daughter or son a favorite child I guess um So I guess I thought that she was just like, well, I still think 
that she's kind of just like lying that she had infinite love just to make us feel good. I bet she thought that we didn't see what was going on, but yeah, we're kids, but we're not stupid. Um, so with the feelings of abandonment from what were supposed to be my family, which was only the four of us, me, my sister, my dad, and my mom. Well, my dad and my sister, I already explained, they gave me those feelings. And then, so the only person I really had was my mom. So I felt she said she had limited love, but she did it. And so who do I have? So I did anything to be like the favorite because if I was the favorite that means she wanted to do something with me like that means I guess like I was good there was something good about me and that might be like tied into her goal for us about strength and maybe the good thing about me was I had better strength or I guess something similar similar to it so um so I thought that love was finite so I guess that's the way I treated everyone else I loved all these people but I knew I couldn't love them all and if I loved them all there was no love left for me and in my head it wasn't like me competing with my sister for that love. Part of it was yes, but I think a hidden, like a hidden big part that I didn't realize was it was me, not me, but us, like me and my sister competing against my dad, like whose love was the strongest, my mother's love for my dad or my mother's love for us as her children and the way my mom kept us together and like thought she was doing she was showing and doing unlimited love was by treating us as not children so she could focus on her love for my dad while thinking she's giving us love And that whole, like, time and till later on, I was just trapped in my mom's narrative. Even though I was telling myself that she was wrong. But freedom is realizing we don't have to tear down these narratives The more I proved it wrong, the more power I gave it. But I just didn't figure it out. I needed time and space. And I guess an important thing about this would be wants and wants is the really important thing growing up 
the adults in my life really never treated me as someone who wants adults being aunts, uncles, parents, older cousins. It wasn't wants. They treated me as a resource than an actual person. They would, I guess, like, tell me to clean. And if I didn't do what they wanted, I was useless. Because me existing and me just being isn't enough of a reason to be good. Like, if I didn't do those things, I didn't have value. And that's what I was taught. And there was no really room for me to want anything. And the only thing that mattered to me is what they wanted. And the only thing they, like, trained me to do is to matter of what they want. And I never really knew what I wanted. I never would have asked myself that. And it's, I guess it would be because wanting is having to allow space for self, yourself, myself. The thing about the way I grew up is how detached, I guess, I am from myself. It was really never what I wanted. I never got to want anything. It was most, not mostly, but entirely what I needed to do to stay on my parents' good side or any adult or any kind of authority figure. It didn't even have to be an adult. It could have been a friend or a cousin. It was always how to stay on their good side. I never lived for myself. I only lived to serve. So it was always trying to be on a good side for everyone so I don't get hurt or harmed or I don't get grounded or judged. I was like in survival mode. It stressed me out and it made me neglectful of myself and it like and I felt like my emotions were all like uncalibrated. And I couldn't be me, truly. I was, like, only a distorted figure of myself. Just, I guess, like, what's the word? Like, autonomously working, like, by itself. There was no brain thing going on, head empty. I was just low power mode. (laughs) I kept myself safe the only way I really knew how, the only way I was taught how. 
and it's I guess it's funny because that person who just did and didn't really think and it's just like a distorted figure of myself yeah it is distorted but it is myself it is a part of me but it's not really who I am so yeah I had no place for wants it isn't until I get everything taken away from me and stripped away from me until I can really actually say it. And I guess our next one would be love. Like, I love so much. I love people. I love things. I love colors. I love music. Because that's how we are. We all love and where there is love, there is power. And it wasn't till later that I realized that they were wrong. And by they, I'm talking about my mom, my dad, and my uncles. Like I guess like everyone and my sister. And they were wrong about vulnerability and they had these terrible ideas about power and safety and all these other things and they were wrong love isn't something that just like makes us vulnerable and like unhappy it just is loving other people and finding love the real way I wanted and not wanted but just being truly me is the real I guess way to love because again love is power and it's not only power And as a kid, obviously, I said this before, um, I struggled with, you know, like, sexuality, identity, and all these other things. And I just grew up, you know, in those, like, gender roles and all those stuff, thinking all these things and all these thoughts in my head were wrong. But they weren't wrong. They were just there. And... Yeah, I'm a human being. I love, I love my siblings. I love my parents, but I also like guys. And that's not wrong. And there was just something about love that just feels so good. And I feel strong. And yeah, love can sometimes turn to hate, but the love that once was hate is always and still will always be stronger than that hate and like pain, even though it might not always seem like it. When I first came out, 
I was told I was wrong and that like my mom I was the first one I told and she was my sister was actually the first one then my sister told my mom and that because I told her that I didn't want her telling her and my mom just said just like dismissed me and told me I was confused and that it was a phase and all these feelings would go away but they didn't go away they were just made stronger and she kind of just like told me that I just like needed clarity because clarity is strength I need I guess not clarity strength but like clarity to be strong and that these confusing feelings we're gonna like are impeding that strength I have But it took me a while and it was hard and yeah, it was confusing and I was really frustrated and I was so mad at everything and through all this like pain and hurt and love, I realized that clarity was love. Love is strength. Even though it's against logic for some people. And myself. Or at least what I thought that was at the time. To look at my odds. And decide to do it anyways. For something or someone and taking that risk there was nothing more clear than that even when I was at my worst times feeling all these painful like thoughts and feelings and not being able to understand myself and what was going on and feeling like I'm like spiraling out of control and that I couldn't do anything it was that love that helped me get up and it was that love that saved me and I no one really saw it coming. I, and it was just so unexpected, you know? And the thing about it is that that love is natural. But it was still surprising because it was unexpected because no one saw it coming. And I really thought it was just at the end. And that was how I was going out. But it wasn't. Love helps me. And as human being. It helps us. Express our true selves. Our selves that were pushed down. 
when we were smaller, ourselves that were corroding with fear. When I finally accepted my love over my fears, that's what helped me. Both fear and love are our safety as human beings. You can choose to be you can choose to have fear to keep yourself safe. You can choose to have that fear keeping others in check to make you feel safe. Or you can choose to make those connections and getting close to other people so much that you don't have to keep them in check. Strength is not just power, but in a way, it's kind of like a celebration to our love. It's like something that turns the tides, you know? Like, um, I thought, and a thing that a lot of people, I guess mostly my mom would say, is that people never change. As much as you can try, you can never change them. But that is wrong because the idea of someone who never changes and is always the same is believing into the fact that as people were not really able to grow and the thing is we can we're always growing we're always we'll always be learning and we'll never stop because we'll always just be existing so people can change It's just that people don't want to change and they don't want to and it could be because of many reasons and it's hard but it's possible. And it's that human connection that helped me deal with my mom and helped her with the loss of her dad. Um, Even though that happened a long time ago, it's really hard to really process that um and it's that connection that made me able to get through to her and actually make her listen and make myself known and make her talk to to me and treat me like I'm an actual person and it's that connection that continues not to just help my mom or my sisters or any of my siblings with their problems but To help anyone else. And that connection that lets me help others around me. This was about me going against what people expected. It's about me going against what people expected from me. It's not about power and love. Or at least not entirely. But it's also about what's natural and artificial. All these artificial people, or at least the way they portray themselves to be as artificial, such as always having things in check and being in order and being feeling, being and feeling in control a hundred percent of the times. And the thing is, that's just not how we work. We're not going to be in control 100% of the times. So we're not going to be happy. We're not going to be sad always and all these other things. It's not always going to be like that. But it can feel like that.
and it's those kind of people that want to place their artificial beliefs onto us for what they think is safety. And love can't really be controlled, measured, or defined, really. It's... Just is. It's... Natural. And it's just like everything around me. Like the plants growing outside. Or the birds chirping. It's natural. It's almost like magic. (laughs) And it's trauma that leads us away from this, these natural feelings. And it's that trauma that is artificial. It tries to, it's that artificial that tries to impose on us someone else's ideas, identity, or someone else's reality. And I was raised as an extension of my mom, and it took me a while to realize, and now I do, but I'm not her. I'm not an extension of someone. I am myself. And I was suppressed for a long time for someone else's benefit. And I guess we only belong to ourselves. We can only truly belong to ourselves. No matter how much someone else tries to think and put themselves onto us and trying to pass all their, all part of themselves onto us, we're not them and we never will be because we belong to ourselves. And back to what I was saying with that kind of connection and love. It's that kind of connection which makes us strong. And people who try and not... And... I guess I would explain this. It's that connection that makes us strong. And people who try to get rid of themselves, like rid themselves of that feeling in hopes to gain strength, only weaken themselves. And this also has to do with pain, because pain is like a bad feeling. It's a hard feeling. It's something that we endure, and something that doesn't really... It's really hard, to, I guess, to like understand it and never tells us why it's there. It doesn't talk to us. It just shows up and we feel it. And it might seem like it might seem hard to be lying in the dark, consumed by your own shadow, but I guess often the worst part of pain is feeling like you're the only one who can 
feel it or live through it or see it and you're the only one who can sense it and that's not true pain won't really tell us anything it won't tell us why we feel it how to fix it do anything and neither will love even though we can try to explain why love feels so good and as hard as we try to like I guess scientifically understand it with our brains and all the stimuli and the hormones and all these other things I guess just doesn't compare to the comfort of wrapping your hand in someone else's or the warmth of someone's arms around you. I think that life is like indifferent, you know? It's not cruel. Life isn't mean. People are. People make it cruel. But life itself isn't mean. It's not good. It's not amazing. But it's there. It doesn't have to mean anything. Yeah, we don't, I know we don't really get of a say or much of a choice. We don't get any choice of where we grew up, um, how we grew up, or to who we grew up. Like who our parents are and all that stuff. But the choice we do get is to be kind. And yeah, kindness just won't always make something horrible disappear. But it's good to have that kind of hope. Because maybe sometimes it just might. Love doesn't have to save you. And it doesn't end anywhere. And it doesn't start anywhere either. It just is. It's not something that simple. And it's not naive to believe that love can help us heal. And as human beings, we shouldn't be made to feel bad for wanting someone else to care for us. We shouldn't be painted out as, I guess, like bad people for wanting something and not doing something in return. Sometimes it's just nice to give. And love isn't just something for other people and other things, but it's also for yourself. Your own love is for yourself as well. Loving yourself isn't selfish. It can be selfish if it goes too far, but it's about having that balance. I guess this all just really comes down to control. Control can be, I guess, described as a lot of things. It can be a narrative that's pushed on you or set by other people. It can be expectations from others for yourself or limits. All these kinds of things, they're all a part of control. Control is like knowing what to expect. But the thing is, that's not really how things work, you know? Through 
all of this. And just existing, you kind of like realize that, yeah, you can expect some things, but not everything. Because that's just how things are. You can write some patterns and do all of that to see what's most likely to be the outcome, but it won't always be right. Because life is just that. It's just like unexpected, you know? You never expect for bad things to happen, but you also never really expect for good things either. You would hope for them, but they're not expected. You can always try and prepare for the bad things, but you don't expect them. And yeah, some people make bad decisions and some people will hurt you without really meaning to do so sometimes. But I guess through like love and everything I guess you'll be alright because you can definitely get better and I guess like general actions with people um, interactions with people aren't really something that you control and connections aren't something that you can really control. They're just about having those special moments with someone. They're more about like sharing that love. It's about sharing that love for each other, for things, for yourself. In the shared space of love, we create something that is just much more than sharing an experience we create this home and you know that saying where it's like uh home is where your family is family doesn't always have to be blood it can be just people you really love and that's your home because home isn't some place in california it isn't central l.a it isn't the corner store. It isn't some other place in North Carolina. It's just the people. That feeling you get. And I think home can be described as more of a feeling than a place. A feeling of safety and love. For one another. True love for genuine selves. Through true love we create these homes. And despite our doubts within ourselves. Or doubts within other people. Or despite some bad things. Bad experiences or bad things we've seen or heard. We can still experience. It and. Sometimes we get these moments and these events and we have these times, 
even at least for a short bit of peace. And that's magic. And that's my, <laughs> that's the end of the thing. <laughs> that's love. <laughs> Love is magic, I guess. Anyways, through editing and, like, recording this, I found out that to, like, when I edit and all that stuff, and I make, like, cuts and all that, I have to grab the audio from, like, the file and put it into that and delete the original audio I have. Because if I don't delete that, if I don't do that, it still has the audio without the cuts and everything. So... All this time and with the past episodes, I thought I've been thinking of like that. I've like been thinking that I was like doing all this editing and all this stuff. I did do the editing, but I never uploaded it because I never deleted that original file. I kept it in there, never replaced it with a new one because I didn't know I was supposed to. So that's so dumb, but I'm not going to replace it because it's too late now and people heard it. So I'll leave it as it is. And I guess now I know this for the future. You live and you learn, I guess. But, yeah. Um, the whole thing about love was kind of just inspired um, because I was going to make this sooner, um, earlier. Because October 11th was National Coming Out Day. And, yeah, it's just a day to, I guess, you can decide to come out or not. It's your choice. It's... You control it, you know? No one else has to do that. And remember, important thing to do, which I'm pretty sure everyone thinks of this, your safety is more important than you, I guess, coming out. Because you have to live and get through the next step of your life and teach that kindness and that compassion and that empathy because the world really needs it. Because we, I guess, all need it. And someday and in some future, in some reality, you gotta, and you gotta endure all this stuff in this one, in this plane of existence, I guess to better things for future people so one day these future people who are just like us don't have to come out anymore and yeah we might never live to see that but we're on a path to doing that so it's all part of the bigger plan. Someday we'll all be equal. It might not be today, and it's not going to be anytime, I guess, really soon, but we're getting there slowly. So, yeah, you can come up whenever it's just today we're just celebrating and 
caring about other people who have come out or are still in the closet. We, I guess, yeah, I guess I could say we, for all of us, we care and we, like, I guess, um, recognize your strength if you're still, like, in the closet or even out of it because that's, like, a very hard thing to do, um, you're known and you're seen by other people so I know it's late but happy national coming out day and hopefully there will be many more and everything gets better through time because things will work out it might not seem like it right now but They'll work themselves out. And. Yeah, that's kind of it for today. So. I still need to record um, some other backstories about L.A. And some other one I mentioned in the last episode. I don't remember, but I'll go back and listen to it so I remember what I said. Okay. Anyways, this is me, I guess, like, signing off.